Welcome all back to the Screen Beans. I am David, a.k.a. Kelly DTO. And, and I am Axel Greenberg. And, you know, David, I don't want to get us distracted from the beginning. I, you know, we have to stay focused. We are an up and coming young podcast. Ira Glass, watch out. We're coming for your ass. Uh, <laughs> but I also feel like I need to keep my finger on the pulse of the American people. But really, I consider myself a citizen of the world. Um, yeah. So with that in mind, like, why is it? that you can eat eggs for breakfast and that's totally fine. And the moment that I eat loose egg salad from a paper bag with my hands in the Walmart parking lot, I'm the problem. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't, um, that's, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to respond to that. <laughs> like I would eat it anyway, <laughs> but uh Wait, what, so I got to know the story to this. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I was asserting my God-given right as an American, is yeah. what happened. I, you know, you, you go for a high-protein diet. You go for a change of scenery. You go to your local Walmart, 7 a.m., egg salad, drop it in a paper bag, two scoops, please. You need the fucking protein. And then you just eat it on the hood of your car, uh, you forgot utensils that day, let's say, hypothetically. Yeah. Use, so you use your bare hands. And to, watch it, and to wash it down, you butt chug a mimosa, and all of a sudden, uh, Walmart security has a problem with it. That's Walmart. Screw them. I, I think you did the right thing. Or whoever wants to do that. <laughs> Especially butt chugging. So... I, I, we're, we're bringing it back. We, I think we need, I think we do need to bring it back. It's definitely a, a, a better and a, a more enjoyable day. Put it that well, way. Well, because here's here's the thing that people don't realize is people were very upset about butt chugging when it was uh, when it when it was introduced to the general public. Yeah. Um, but I think what people don't consider is we do need the days in this country. I feel like if you're not butt chugging, you're you're missing out on life. Yeah, That's I how mean, I feel. It's just it keeps things sterile down there. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, YOLO. You only live once. You got to do it. Yeah, or do you only live once, or do you live twice, like a vampire? <laughs> Wait, a minute, what movie are we talking about today? I I usually come completely unprepared. Yeah. So speaking of vampires, we're doing from dusk to dawn. Uh, Quentin really? Tarantino will. Uh, Robert Rodriguez, yeah. So guess I'll uh, throw out these notes on the Wolfman then. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. So all right, um, dust from dust till dawn. So tell. So let me go know some behind the scenes facts because I went into this movie. My experience with this movie is that it it had been recommended to me for a long time, like yeah. just a really long time, and it seemed like the type of movie that I would like, and. Something about those two things and the fact that you're always looking to kind of switch up the type of movies you watch and oh. switch up your experience with them. Uh, I think some of those two things, um, like I didn't see it. I, I just never went to, I just, like I never saw it. Yeah. Even though it had been repeatedly recommended to me. It was a movie that I would always get around to until I got around to it yesterday. Uh, and everyone recommending it to me was right, believe it or not. 
Uh, it's been at least, I want to say at least 10 years since I watched it. Um, it could have been sooner than that. But uh, I've kind of forgot about it, honestly. Like, Not because it's a bad movie at all, by any means. Um, you see just, a lot of movies over the course of 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I always go back to like the classics, you know, like, so I just, it's a great film overall, but we'll talk about more of that. Um, uh, yeah, so I'm surprised you never watched it until now. So um, let's get into it. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I was uh, obviously uh, Quentin Tarantino wrote it, Paul, R- Paul Rodriguez directed it, which was, you know, they're obviously just uh, Robert Rodriguez. Or I'm sorry, Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, my bad. Um, they're, they obviously are just magical together. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're because the I mean, the best part of a Quentin Tarantino movie is the dialogue, the dialogue. Yeah. And I mean, he's he's obviously an incredible director in a lot of ways uh, and uh, among other things. Uh, but but his dialogue is usually the strongest point. Yeah. Robert Rodriguez visually is able to do incredible stuff on, you, you know, with practical effects that looks exactly yeah. the way you want it to look. Um, you know, he ma- he's mastered a very specific visual style. So bringing these two things together, I mean... It was just like, wow. Um, so we have, uh, you know, we have George Clooney as Seth. We have uh, Quentin Tarantino as, um, what's the name, Richie? Um, Richie, yeah. And these are two, uh, just two brothers on the run from the law. They robbed a bank and killed a bunch of people, especially cops. Um, kidnapped the uh, bank teller and that's when we see them pull up into the motel actually well we open the scene yeah we 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 open on the liquor store that they rob and this is they've already been on the run and uh a local police off a local sheriff's deputy goes into the goes into the liquor store uh goes in a pretty funny speech about how microwave burritos are bad for you uh and how their food their shitty food for hippies uh before immediately ordering a bottle of jack daniels uh sheriff leaves and we and we meet the two brothers and we get a really interesting i think dichotomy between the two yeah because you've got george clooney's character seth and seth is somebody who would be who is apathetic outwardly apathetic about your life like you know he ideally would like to avoid killing you because that's a thing he would have to deal with yeah but but he's, he will if he has to. <laughs> he will if he has to, and he want, or at least he wants you to think he will if he has to. Richie is a combination of malice and incompetence that mm-hmm. he wants to, and will either contrive a contrive a scenario in which it's justified for him to do so, uh, whether he's making it up or genuinely believes it. You know, we kind of get mis- mixed signals. And it was something that I really didn't expect because for this movie, the first half has nothing to do with the vampire stuff, but I didn't expect the dichotomy between the two brothers to or the relation, like that dynamic between those two to be as tense, to be as genuinely tense as it was. Yeah. Um, I felt uh, obviously uh, Clooney nailed it as far as like being playing Seth being, oh, yeah. very, being very believable too. Like, it just, he just seemed, you know, he's like your textbook thief. You know, he was like, look, I just want to get to Mexico, spend my money on whores and alcohol and, you know, go on with my life. Like, I don't want to kill you, but I mean, but I will, if, like, you know, it helps me get away or whatever. Very, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. 
you don't usually think of George Clooney being in roles of like, oh, I would be afraid to be in the room with that person. Like I could see how he could, you know, keep that level of, keep that effect on me. And you don't usually associate him with roles like that, but he really killed it here. Yeah, he killed it. Yeah. And uh, and I love, I actually love Tarantino's performance as well, because like, you just don't, um, I don't, like I said, it's been a while since I watched it. And I was like, he can act, <laughs> you know, like he's pretty good. Like he's a total dirtbag. And you're like, I mean, I can't wait for this guy to die. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and, <laughs> oh yeah. And we definitely get that. Um, but you know, it's, it's also because you associate I think with, with, you know, in general, when directors act, I feel like either they have experience with an actor or they're used to directing actors to the point that they kind of should know what you need to do. They're not going to necessarily be the best at it, but they're usually going to be pretty good. And Tarantino does a good job here. He definitely sells Richie's sells Richie as a character. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and like, like you said, the dynamics between the two are just crazy because Seth is like, basically he's not normal, but he's like, I mean, he's as normal as you can be as far as like a criminal goes, you know. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, uh, you know, Richie is just yeah, he's the, he's you, you can relate just, to his motives. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, Richie just, is just like he's like he's that X factor. You're just like, like, oh, what's gonna happen next? Because like he's gonna go off the rails. Yeah, and and, and I think it's really cool the way that Clooney and his performance and the movie with you know both the writing and the direction really sells you on um, Seth managing uh, Richie as yeah. much as anything else and we see uh, that yeah. like during the robbery because like uh you know richie's like paranoid like when they just... yeah during d- yeah during the convenience store robbery is the first time we see it richie's paranoid seth's genuinely not believing him but richie just starts firing off and things really <laughs> escalate here quite a bit uh this this event ends with the sheriff dead the convenience store clerk dead and the and the liquor store being completely blown up uh, and that's when they drive off to a motel with a woman in the trunk, uh, who is their host with a hostage in the trunk. Yeah. Uh, and they bring her to a motel. Uh, we find out that Richie is scouting the border. He is going across the border to meet a friend named Carlos, who's going to help them get uh, El Rey. So he's Rey, waiting. Okay. He is at the motel. Uh, he's going to go across the border to scout things, see what the situation is. He is going to meet a friend named Carlos across the border border where he's going to take him to El Rey. Uh, we don't mm-hmm. know much about El Rey other than getting the idea that this is generally a place where ex-criminals reside. That's where you go when you've committed your crime, you evaded the law. El Rey, you're not going to get caught by the feds in Mexico either, by the federales. So you're good to go there. It's generally it's like the Bible Disneyland game. for criminals, <laughs> basically. It's like, well, it's like Florida for criminals. That's yeah, when you yeah. retire. We retire, yeah. Yeah. Um, like, so we're in this motel and we meet the, there is another family staying in the motel. Uh, and that's a reverend and his two kids. Uh, and we find out the reverend, his wife, his wife just died. And he's either he's he has lost his ability to be a reverend. He's angry at God, mm-hmm. does not want to be clergy anymore. And um, so he's taking the kids across country or to Mexico um, to start a new life. Uh, wait, are they going to Mexico or? No, I didn't say anything about them going to Mexico. No, they're, they're just traveling across. And um, that's when they meet uh Seth and Richie, um, because while Seth was out scouting and getting food for them, Richie decides to be, you know, a full-on pervert and murder the uh, the the bank teller 
um, because he doesn't know how to control his impulses. Yeah, and well, and the way that the scene is shown of us finding out this is really like there's a lot of stuff in this movie for as whacked out and campy as it gets later on. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of stuff in this movie that's very that wouldn't be out of out of place in a much more dramatic movie. And one of those, especially in the first half. And one of those moments is Seth gets home. He has he has a takeout that he got from Burger Place back in Texas. He's about to update on the situation. And he goes in and sees the scene of what Richie did. Yeah. And we don't get a full shot of the scene. We get shots of Richie's face, like a long shot of Richie's, of Seth's face, uh, interspersed with just flashes of different angles of the crime scene. Well, I love that too, because like when you see the flashes, you obviously see... Um, you know the body but then he also like you he's still talking to, to the audience and also what's well, yeah. richie he's still talking to richie and you still see the flashes like in the mid conversation and i love that and i was like that is so cool because like they're still giving you like a little taste of like what happened you know to the lady yeah um, and it, it it lets you leave it i mean it leaves it leaves more of it to the imagination um yeah. you know it, it lets you it lets you think up, like, wonder what exactly he did when you're seeing, like, how far some blood went and stuff like that. You're wondering, like, what the fuck did he <laughs> do, right? Like, what happened here? I felt like it was um, very tasteful and, like, yeah, like I said, the imagination kind of lets you, you know, figure it out on your own. But then yeah, you, and I think you, you is... do see the body laying there, like, at the very last frame. Like, you just see her laying on, like, her, her top is off and everything, blood everywhere. Like, well, this, I think this is, this is the... This is something that the movie we talked about last week did well, My Bloody Valentine, too, is just getting a scene where it's not so much the horrible thing that happened that you're you're reacting to, but you are reacting through what somebody else saw and through yeah. how somebody else processes that. I love and that you're left to imagine what can make you process something that way. Or in the case of Seth's character, if Seth, if somebody like that is processing this that way, you know, how would I process it? Um, so, I mean, it's just a really cool scene. And then you also see like Seth kind of like he's obviously very distraught because like now he has to deal with you know the lady being mm -hmm. dead, and then um, you know Richie's like what she she like she went nuts on me like that's her fault you know, and like he knows Richie's you know full of it so yeah he knows it's bullshit yeah so that's why you see him like basically walking in front of the RV with a beer you know and he's obviously like stressed out and he's like shit Richie just ruined everything you know because now we got to hide the body and like all this stuff you know or whatever they got to do and that's why they hijacked the RV in the first place but yeah well and that's why they rob the uh family is that he sees that they're in a camping RV um and he's just like and they're basically like look like you're gonna get put us in our your RV you are going to take us across the border to Mexico uh once you let us go this is over you can do whatever you want um, yeah. And that's when we start to get again more of Seth uh, managing who Richie is, because there's a scene where uh, when Richie's there and he's holding the gun to them and he's trying to get them to start, he's trying to start the robbery. Uh, he hallucinates the daughter coming on to him yeah. uh, and he legitimately believes that she's making the sexual advance uh, and Seth, Seth kind of sees what's going on and is like, hey, go. Uh, what did he need him to do? Uh, put the key, get the RV running. He, needed, he asked him oh, to go yeah, get the RV yeah. running. And then he immediately says to the daughter, he's like, go get clothes on now. Yeah, you have 30 seconds or three minutes. Yeah, three minutes. <laughs> and like yeah. during that time, he's talking to the dad, like, yo, this is what you're doing. We're going to do this. And then 
that's when he opens the door. He's like, all right, you get out. <laughs> but um, we missed the uh, diner scene too right before that. But because uh, I, I thought that was very interesting as far as like, um, I mean, we we did talk about it very briefly, but um, his whole like um, being mad at God for you know his wife dying, and uh, you find out you know during the RV that the wife was in the car for six hours before she died. Like that's brutal. Oh yeah, and the, um, that scene too, because you you know you're starting to kind of like Seth because as much as he enables what Richie's is doing. He also, or as much as he, I mean, he also manages it. And you're definitely seeing more of that side. And then seeing him just drill into this grieving pastor of like, why aren't you a pastor anymore? How did your wife die? Was, did she just get into a car crash or was she there for a while? Like, um, and just keep going on and on and on with it. Like, you're like, oh, this guy is also an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. He's like, he's really like pushing on his buttons, you know? Um, I don't know, but that kind of, for some reason, it, it kind of makes Seth more, way more appealing than, you know, just some, like, just some random dude, you know? Um, uh, I love that. I love that whole scene and those scenes, at least, uh, to get to know the characters better a little bit. Yeah. Um, so then we get, uh, uh, so we get to the border uh, to where, you know, they're, everyone's being checked obviously because you're at the gate and mm -hmm. um so so seth richie and the the daughter have to hide into the bathroom and um we see chief marin uh walking up to you know check out the rv talk to uh yeah to, to it's, the that's so funny that it was him too yeah yeah so he's on like he's three different roles on this movie i think you know he hears the noise he, he goes into the rv because you know the the, the priest is like or the ex priest or whatever. He's like, pastor. He's like, oh yeah, I forgot my daughter's in here too. He's like, okay, well that's a red flag because you lied to me, you know, instantly. So he goes yeah. to check it out. She's actually on the. Well, you know, she, yeah, and, and meanwhile, Seth had been like, don't do any stupid shit, and uh, Richie started freaking out. So Seth had Seth had pistol whipped him and just knocked him, knocked <laughs> yeah, that him was, the hell out. That was so good. Uh, well, because because Seth said uh, he's like. He, he, he like basically called him crazy or something like that he like says yeah. to that extent and then richie's like wait what did you mean by that are you, are you calling me you know are you what are you saying blah blah, blah. And then, so that's why he gets smacked in the face and he gets knocked out <laughs> <laughs> but i love how like when he's waking up like after you know they uh, they all go through the border like richie has no recollection of like getting his hit in the face he just doesn't remember yeah <laughs> doesn't remember anything and seth is like Oh man, you just passed out. I don't know. You hit your head on the thing and you kind of woke up now. Like, that was weird. <laughs> like, as he's bleeding, you know, waking up and his glasses are busted. Uh, yeah. So, we get, so now we got uh, Seth and Richie pulling up to, well, b before that, Seth is like, okay, we're, we're going to hit the, we're going to hit the main road. You're going to see this giant bar or this bar onto the side of the road called the Titty Twister. The Titty and, Twister. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely, a giant, uh, a, you know, basically a giant picture of a woman with the uh, twisting nipples, basically. Yeah, <laughs> just a giant, giant, giant uh, neon sign of a naked woman. Uh, and it, and the sign also says that it is open from dusk till dawn, which dusk is the title yeah. of the title movie. Of the film, yeah. It's a little reference to that. And uh, uh, again, we see uh, Chief Marin uh, holding the door. 
Cheech Marin's holding the door and he is going on a rant that I don't feel comfortable <laughs> repeating on the podcast. Well, he's going <laughs> on an advertising pitch. They don't feel comfortable uh, repeating on the podcast uh, that they have a lot of different types of, oh, uh, of, of uh, female anatomy. Yes. Yeah, so a lot <laughs> of different types of uh, female body parts and, non, uh, and non-human and non-human ones too, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, which I mean, I guess. But you kind of—that's why you go to like Tijuana because you go for like certain shows, well, right? Well, you know what? Like, so we we're gonna find out about the vampires, and that a lot of the women there are vampires who can change their form. Yeah. At least from human to like creepy vampire. So maybe the vampire also just turned into a chicken, in which case, like, it's it's bad, but I guess it's better than the alternative. <laughs> So, uh, so we have Cheech uh, going on a rant about the different kinds of things you can get at the bar or at the club. Yeah. And, and there's uh, just a bunch of biker gangs out there, just total chaos. Yeah, they're just dirtbags all, all around the, uh, the entire place. And, um, and so Seth basically knocks him out. Doesn't knock him out, but he punches him to the ground. Yeah, so well, because got... he, try, he, he tries to act as a bouncer and doesn't let them in. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, oh, and then that's when we get the, the pastor also like, like, hey, like, I'm a truck driver, you know, because I... Yeah, I try- well, because he goes to the bar. Danny Trejo is the bartender. And uh, he tries to order a drink. And Danny Trejo is like, you cannot order a drink. This bar is for bikers and truckers only. Uh, and because... But the preacher uh, has a uh, Class D driver's license. So he... So they're all a... The cl- a Class C driver's license. Yeah, so... Um, oh, man. It's so weird to see a young Trejo in this movie, too. <laughs> um is he young? i mean i he, no, he's he gets younger young. than he is now but he's like yeah he's, he's like, in his he's like 40s, 40s or 50s then right i think it's 40s yeah he would have um, been 52 when this movie came out a fun not a fun fact about the movie but i i actually bought his book um his autobiography so if uh any anybody listening check it out it's a good read um he's got what's a it called it's just called trejo oh it's yeah. easy to yeah, yeah you don't have to you don't have to look up like too much, <laughs> but um, it's a good read. Uh, he's he, he lives a crazy life, like you know, before he went, went into acting and all that. Um, anywho, uh, so Trejo basically you know kind of lets up, and because uh, the priest shows the idea and whatnot, and so they all get drinks. And obviously, the the, the priest doesn't want to drink because he's trying to be sober enough to like watch out for the kids and everything. Uh, but Seth is like, no, nah, we're in Mexico. Like, well, I think I think also the priest didn't want to. Like, I think it was he was also kind of on the principle of like, I we are not friends. We are your hostages. No matter how yeah. much you're trying to act like we're your friends, like I drink, I will not drink with you. True. Yeah, that, that also. But then the, the, the daughter drinks, and then the, the son follows. But um, uh, yeah, that was that was a fun little scene. Um. Uh, and then it starts to and then we pretty get soon a, after uh, this, I guess. Pop, pop, we, pop, we get pop. a we get a very uh, what I a scene that I quite enjoyed, which is uh, <laughs> uh, Salma Hayek uh, plays a character called Santonico Pandemonium. Yeah, uh, who is a uh, stripper, and she giant goes snake. out and uh, does that and does her stripping with a giant snake. Uh, it's it's a very she she she's talented at the at the dancing thing. Yeah. So, so fun fact very... about this whole scene is that uh 
she actually has a, a crippling fear of snakes. Um, and she refused to do like a choreography with the snake because. Well, was that a, like, it was a real snake. They didn't, it wasn't. Yeah, no, it was or... a real snake. It was a real snake. I mean, I guess and, it was uh, the late, it was the nineties. You couldn't really believably CGI a snake. No, not, not at all. Uh, um, at least at that year, that time of year, you know, because it was what, 96, 97, something like yeah, that? Yeah, for that and for that budget too. Or, yeah, yeah. They probably filmed it in like 95, 96 and then released it. Yeah. Or maybe even a little earlier than that. But so she she did not um, choreo, uh, choreograph that scene like she was supposed to. Um, Rodriguez wanted her to, but she was like, no, because like it's hard for me to like hold the snake and like do all these weird dance moves and stuff. So that's why she was kind of just like shaking her body like you know like how she was um while she was like she wanted the role so bad though she she did the scene anyway even though she was like terrified because you know it's a giant snake on her her whole body so yeah uh her striptease also has a scene where she uh sticks her foot in richie's mouth which if you you know know anything about quentin tarantino is pretty funny yeah yeah and uh yeah so like so she's pouring the whiskey or whatever is you know down her leg as a, as a basically as a funnel uh, into Richie's mouth and then makes him suck her toes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so after that, the guy that uh, the guy that they got the uh, the second Cheech Marin character that gets knocked out uh, comes in comes in from outside to attack them, uh, and we get into a whole gun slash knife fight that results in him, Danny Trejo's character, and another guy being quote unquote killed. Yeah. So so they stab Richie's hand on the table. Yeah, and, uh, and then that's what kind of sets off uh, the 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 you know the gunfire, and then we get Salma Hayek freaking out because you know the smell of blood and the sight of blood, um, and it, it quickly transitions into like vampires coming out. And, yeah, um, she, they all turn into their vampire forms, which look like these weird dried lizards almost. Yeah. Well, like uh, the weird dried lizard heads, but on like a human body. Yeah, it was. I wasn't a huge fan of like the effects of like the vampires, but overall like everything else was fantastic i thought um, yeah i, I kind of liked what i liked about the vampire effects is you could kind of see like ascertain how long some of the characters have, had been vampires like yes because richie after this fight scene you know where salma hayek then bites richie he also dies and then the four come back as and then you know the three who were taken out and richie comes start coming back as vampires and things start getting weird um so Richie's character, he becomes a vampire and he looks like your classic movie vampire, like a typical Dracula, spooky face. Yeah. Salma Hayek's character as a vampire, uh, she has like she has that more withered reptilian appearance, presumably has been a vampire for a bit longer. Much later in the movie, when they're in a supply closet, we also see some vampires who are in the back who are like these like shriveled, uh, bald things that presumably have been vampires for a long, long, long time. time. Yeah. So I just thought it was a really nice touch. That was a nice touch. I and I didn't even realize that until you're talking about it. I'm like, oh yeah, that is weird. Or that you know, it makes sense that like they all look different because of you know their transition periods, you know. Um so that was great. And then so we go into like basically utter chaos after this. Like everybody yeah. starts fighting, everybody starts dying, like it's just uh yeah. I had, there was there was a lot to write down on this. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I mean a few things of note. Um basically we start to, we really get a few characters who come to prominence as the new main characters of this movie, because uh, so along with Seth and uh, Seth, the pastor and his kids, 
staying as important, staying as important. We also get Sex Machine, mm-hmm. who's a character played by Tom Savini, Tom Savini. who is a normal uh... guy who has a uh, gun that opens out of his crotch. <laughs> love it <laughs> yeah which i don't know if it's that his dick is the gun or that he has pants with like a gun that comes out where his nor- dick is yeah um, um i think it's the second one yeah yeah uh I, it was just obviously you can do that but like the if just the thought of it is like just so wonderful <laughs> i was yeah. like i don't know and we also get frost played by fred williamson who is just this totally unhinged a Vietnam veteran slash 80s action movie cliche. Yeah. Uh, so we get those two added to the mix as well. Um, so a few things of note, uh, Santonic, Santonico attacks Seth, uh, steps on him and goes on a whole uh, dominatrix rant about uh, him being her slave. Yeah. Uh, but then Seth shoots a life fixture onto her, so she dies. Uh and then they get into a fight with a giant vampire. Uh, everybody starts to get okay with killing vampires. Um, and then they go to kill the band who immediately just disappear and says, fuck you, everybody, good night. Um, that, but, was weird. that was weird to me, but I mean... Yeah. 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 So, and then we get the death of Richie, which was a really cool scene as well. Um, the way that that gets handled is... Uh, originally Sex Machine wants to do it, and then uh, Seth is like, no, you guys don't get to kill him. And we think, like, oh, is he going to be an idiot and try to stop them from killing Vampire Richie? Like, you should have killed normal Richie, right? Uh, And then he's like, no, I I have to do it. So he has them hold him, and he uh, stakes him. Um, Which, yeah, I wasn't expecting that right away. I was like, they're going to stretch this out. And I was like, oh, I guess not. Yeah, no, it is a really cool scene. Um, And what we then get is another great scene, which is Seth going on a rant to the rest of the group. Um, Just being like, look, clearly vampires exist. We're not going to argue about it. Like, we just saw vampires. Uh, So let's deal with that. Let's go over what we know about vampires and fight these guys off. Um, so he goes, so he goes ahead and does that. Um, but all of a sudden we start to hear bats who are fluttering, uh, and rushing around outside. So the bats are fluttering, rushing around outside. Uh, and then we get a vampire with no legs who goes in to bite Kate, the daughter. Uh, but sex machine, but sex machine stops him, which causes a chain reaction, uh, where they're fighting a whole bunch of different vampires again, and we just get utter pandemonium on it. Um, there was one thing that bothered me before all that. Um, mm-hmm. So when Sex Machine is fighting um, Trejo, yeah, um, I felt that was like kind of short. Like, I don't know, it it felt very. I mean, uh, I guess it was long enough, but it, I just felt like Trejo died kind of quick. <laughs> like he in did. a sense of, in a sense that like you know the battle goes, you know. But you know what, though? Like, I'm glad they didn't drag it out. Like, I'm glad they weren't like, well, we have him here and we have and we have this cool scene. Like, we get a really yeah. cool long fight scene. Well, he, yeah, like, he I feel still like had it, a very strong presence. And I was like, yeah, okay, and they, well, they yeah. gave it they gave it the amount of time that I think it needed. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Like, I think a lot of these movies go for these really drawn out fights, like fight scenes with it. And at a point, like, 
you know, is it more satisfying to the idea of what you would have wanted? Yes. But also like, does it have the same effect of on you as yeah. two minutes versus 12 minutes, you know? Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, like yeah. you know, when you're just thinking about a movie's pacing. And yeah. And in hindsight, I'm like, okay, well, like everything that happened was so fast, but like, but perfect though, as far as like the timing went on. So now I'm like, okay, yeah, you're right. Like if it was any longer, I'd probably been like, nah, they probably should have cut out a minute or whatever. But um, anyway. Uh, well, Sex Machine is the first of this group to get turned into a vampire. To a vampire, yeah. And then. Uh, um, and he tries to hide the fact that he got bit. He got bitten on the hand. So he kind of uh, has a bit of time. Um, and, fr- and we get Frost going on a long, long rant about his Vietnam experience. Uh, and that's when Sex Machine starts to hear the voice of vampirism in his head telling him to kill them and starts to turn more and more. The scene is both really funny and also very tense. It's something that this movie does well a couple of times. Is Yes, it's an action comedy, but in terms of the horror side of its lineage, like it doesn't just have that aesthetic. It also mm-hmm. ge- creates really cool, genuine moments of tension that I really loved. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, especially when... Uh when he finally turns and he bites um you know the i always forget his name but he bites him and uh frost frost yeah and you're yeah. just like oh, you're you're like oh shit because now and it went downhill <laughs> yeah like the two like the two strong the strongest characters in the in the fight scene except for seth um are now dead basically essentially you know um especially you know sex machine is now dead and then frost is turning right <laughs> after uh he throws uh was a sex machine out the uh the window which yeah. lets all the bats in yep which are all uh vampires. all other vampires yeah. so seth immediately gets the two kids and runs into the back of the castle of the uh, bar and it is really cool because you go into this bar and it looks like a gothic cast like an old castle that's turned into a bar yeah. you go out the, in the back and it's just like a fully gothic castle and you start to see kind of the facade on the titty twister uh fade away a bit which i think is just a really cool touch on the whole thing and then we get um a bunch of stuff that you know the vampires have been hoarding since they've been killing people that have been yeah. traveling through yeah um, they go they go into the supply closet and because this bar serves so many truckers they're able to get some cool shit uh meanwhile jacob is hiding behind the bar and he's made a cross uh to try to hold the vampires back which seems to work um but it's just a uh like a crowbar and a shotgun that he starts shooting at <laughs> yeah uh, Which is a, also, it's still pretty cool though i mean like yeah. you know oh yeah it's really cool and he so he, and then he manages to hide but he has been bitten so he knows he's gonna turn yeah uh and he gets back there and just says to them look i am bit i'm gonna help you with get help us all get out of here as long as we can because either way you're now stuck with me and i'm gonna turn mm-hmm. uh so we're gonna go out there we're gonna kill as many as we can and then when i turn you have to kill me yeah um so i wonder how long like the uh, the turning rate is for like i, I don't want to get all technical and do it but like but frost turned pretty quickly like after he got well maybe because he got yeah, it seems day. to vary from person to person i mean it, it tends to be within like a couple minutes to like a couple of minutes but like but i also forgot that i wonder like, if frost... it's just how much you ate that day like <laughs> you know we know jacob was at the diner before you know if he his his wife just died he's getting extra he's ordering more fries he's getting that shake yeah um but also i I forgot that frost gets bitten in the neck though so like you know he probably got a you know a major artery or something 
So he's probably, yeah. you know, probably leaped out faster, died quicker. Because the, 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 the priest only got bit like in the forearm or something like that. Yeah, like, the priest got bitten and the priest was able to like, he, he wasn't in a situation where he was going to die. No, no, no. And maybe like his having used the cross would have pulled. I mean, I don't think the movie's really trying to be that deep on the no, it's not. with it. I'm overthinking. But it, it. <laughs> it is kind of interesting that it has kind of inconsistent rules there. Yeah, but it's, um, but then I'm like, oh, that's an action film. You yeah, know, essentially. and 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 the rules aren't so inconsistent that it's inconceivable. Like, I mean, if this happened, if there was a vampire virus in real life that kicked in quickly, it probably there would definitely be variation. Yeah, yeah. in how long it kicks in from person to person. So, uh, so we get the the gang basically loading up with various weapons. Uh, so Kate gets a crossbow. The son gets like holy water and he gets like holy water that he puts in uh, he it's for... it's like a super soaker connected to a bunch of holy water balloons yeah and then so which is kind of lame in a way <laughs> but it works it's effective it's definitely effective. Yeah. um and well actually the probably the lamest one is uh seth with the uh with the jackhammer uh you know stake yeah he has a stake jackhammer <laughs> uh it's like the uh it, you know what it reminded me of is I've been playing a lot of Bloodborne lately, and it reminded me of the stake driver in that. I never played it. Uh, oh, it's super good. <laughs> um, so yeah, so as we see, like the you know when they when they leave the room and like after a while, like it just jams on him. You know, you see like the he's like, oh crap, wasn't a very good uh, idea to put this together. But uh, you know, it it goes south pretty pretty quickly. Uh, we get the dad turning. Uh, which sets off to um, you know kill the son, and then you know all hell breaks loose for a short yeah time. The son the son gets killed gets just swarmed by vampires and killed only because he's uh, distracted by his dad because he turned. Yeah, they they do manage to kill a few to kill a good few of them, but they quickly are out are outnumbered, outnumbered and out yeah. and outgunned. Um, and Kate's running out of bullets, but as but then as they're surrounded, um. Which she starts well. Number one, she she becomes more comfortable with killing when she has to kill Scott because he's turning, and yeah. Scott Scott gets bitten and he's like, "Please just kill me." So he so she does, and then she uses her remaining bullets to shoot holes in the walls uh, to let sunlight. sunlight in. Yeah, and at first it's unintentional, and then it becomes more and more intentional. Um, and then we and then we get a scene where everything literally explodes, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh... Uh, and, we, and again, finally, we, we get the, <laughs> the arrival of Carlos, also played by Cheech Marin. <laughs> yeah. So uh, interesting. Yeah. So he was uh, literally one, two, just three different characters, right? Yeah. Well, uh, actually, technically, he might have already been. Um, see, like you know how he was like the the patrolman or like the the the. Yeah, he was the he was the border the patrolman. Patrol? He was the uh, bouncer. And also the uh, the, the cartel Carlos. guy or whatever. Yeah. So. I was like, but I was thinking, I was like, maybe what if like that was already Carlos like the whole time, and like because Seth didn't see him, remember? Like he like was in the the bathroom. Like what if that was like it's just his day job to cover up, you know, dirty money, you know? I was like kind of thinking that, but I was like, nah, probably not. <laughs> no. But uh, no. so so we so we get Cheech no, I think back. they're just different characters. Yeah. So we just get Cheech coming <coughs> in to uh, basically rescue the day, rescue the day, even yeah, though. He, he doesn't no know what's him. going on. No. All he um, sees is like exploding bodies. <laughs> like as soon yeah, as well, Seth always... loses it at him, and Carlos is like, "Yeah, I've never been to the titty twister. It just seemed out of the way." So it's like, "Well, now my brother's dead. Her family's dead. 
there are i just found out vampires are real and carlos says how can i make it up to you and then we get a really funny scene of seth trying to negotiate the rate down from 30 to 18 which becomes 25 which becomes 20 um that was very funny yeah um i was like it only went down five (laughs) percent that's bad and then kate goes up to seth seth is like sorry uh you know your whole family's dead but you know uh and then kate says yeah i'm sorry too uh seth gives her the money and she offers to go with him but he's like no this is not for you go home except she can't go home because her family's dead and how is she going to explain to any insurance agent they all got killed by (laughs) vampires in a strip club. So essentially, Seth be- is just a total asshole. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh... Well, I don't know if that scene was supposed to. It's weird because it, it the scene was like it seemed like it was Seth's way of trying not to be an asshole while being more of an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's like, um, yeah. yeah. And then that's the end of the movie. Well, and then before the movie ends, the whole camera zooms out and we see the back of mm-hmm. the titty twister. The, which is just pyramid. a dugout truck wreckage giving way to like a whole temp, a whole vampiric temple. Yeah, like an Aztec temple. Kind yeah, of. which is an awesome scene. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I was like, yeah, oh. this movie is great. I don't know why I haven't watched why I haven't watched it until now. Yeah, I, I know I've like said I've I've like complained about a few things on this movie, but uh, hands down, I'm giving this movie a plus. I, oh yeah, I, just lo- I loved sure. it from like from front to back. I was like just. Yeah, no, I, this is a, this is an absolute A plus movie. To me. I mean, I genuinely can't think of any actual flaws in the movie. Uh, I mean, this is a it yeah, no, a A plus to me. I know I mentioned that stuff, but I'm like, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> Just so um, good. Yeah, no, this I, I absolutely love it. If you like action movies, if you like '90s comedies, if you like uh, if you like vampire stuff. Uh, you know, I wouldn't really call it a horror movie that's meant to scare you. It's just meant to be an awesome experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, action-packed roller coaster. Yeah, crime, western, vampire, action, comedy. Uh, directed uh, by Taren- Robert Rodriguez, written yeah. by Quentin Tarantino. Uh, so great so, dialogue, great directing. You know, um, just oh, just great. Yeah. Um, so um, hopefully one day, maybe one day we can do the show too. Um, that would be kinda, cool. Kind of compare, you know, the two. I can't imagine. I mean, the show has to be nowhere near as good as this. So. Yeah, probably not. I, I, like I said, I think I only watched like maybe two episodes out of like the three seasons that are out. So there's three. Yeah, I, th- I think there's three. You, I don't feel like you can get. I don't know how you can get three seasons out of a ninety minute movie. They probably like incorporate because you know there's more than one film. There's like three of them. Um, but I don't know if uh, Rodriguez sequels. This one's perfect. I know. I know. I don't know. But um, obviously they're not good. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> Because I think I saw the second one a long time ago, and I was like, I was like, there, there's no way that you know it could be even ten percent, you know, as good. So, uh, like, yeah, anybody watching, please watch it. So good. Yeah. Uh, and while you're at it, you should also watch my YouTube videos, Axel Greenberg on YouTube, and listen to. I don't know if they're going to be out by the time this is up, but some other podcasts I'm working on. If you follow me on Twitter at Axel Greenberg, A X L Greenberg, you'll know where those are. Yeah, so um, check us out on the Screen Beans podcast uh, YouTube channel. I'm gonna post a link up whenever the this video comes out. Yeah, and if you're watching the, and if you're watching or listening to this podcast, you should share it with people. Tell them to listen to it. Yeah, we will be on Spotify as soon as this comes up um, because we're gonna be running through the Anchor app. Also, follow my main show, Cali DTO, on Spotify, Apple, um, Google, all the uh, platforms. 
even on YouTube, I'm on there as well. Um, I am on Twitter, KellyDTO408. Instagram, Kelly underscore DTO. Those are all my plugs. Uh, we're going to have lots more content in the next you know, month or so. So listen, like, subscribe, please. Yeah, we, definitely. We want your listens. <laughs> we we need them. We are we're collecting ears. Don't ask why. Don't you don't need to know why. It's my kink. No. <laughs> um yeah, so I'm having fun. Uh let's keep let's keep the ball rolling. Until next time, folks, we will see you. See you guys.